This podcast is brought to you by service workers. Yes, we're mad at you. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. I'm Barbara, and I can do tongue twisters. I can also twist my tongue into a knot. Is that sexy? Uh, no. How long is your tongue? Six feet. I forgot. My dream as a child was to become a member of KISS, but it was too good for them. <laughs> um, I can do this tongue twister and watch me not be able to do it. She sells seashells by the seashore. That's the only one. That's a, that's a hard one, though. It's a lot of S's, and I have a problem with S's to begin with. So Yeah. There's one that I, it fucks me up every time, but I don't remember which one it is. It's not rubber baby buggy bunkers. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Buggy buggers. Boogie buggers. Boogie buggers. Stinky bugs. Stinky bugs. <laughs> I don't remember, yeah, a lot of tongue twisters, but I do remember, like, trying really hard for that, for the She Sells Seashells. Oh, and uh, Peter Piper picked a peck of prickly peppers. I think maybe that's the problem, my problem one, my problem area. Peter yeah. Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. A peck of pickled peck. Pe- pickled peppers. A peck? <laughs> a peck. What if that was just our show? What if we just discussed... <laughs> uh, sorry, I remembered a different one when you said that. But actually, I don't. Is that a tongue twister? How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Yeah, is it? I don't know. Because it's, it's a fun thing people say, which is all tongue twisters are to me because I've never had like speech issues. Okay. Well, <laughs> like there are some that are hard to say, but I, I never took it seriously because my speech usually comes out. The words I want don't come in time, but mm-hmm. the sounds that they're supposed to make come out in order. Uh, Barbara is just being incredibly ableist to me just, right now. I'm just bragging. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. to brag, but I talk real good. <laughs> I make good words. Willie's really weary. Willie's really weary? Yeah, that one is hard because the W's and the R's. Yeah. Those are usually the ones that confuse my brain. Yeah. Yeah, the woodcut woodchuck chucking wood is like there's enough different sounds in it and I'm like yeah here we go some of these just sound like maybe you just grab something from the nearest student play and put them (laughs) on this list because one of these is just so this is the sushi chef oh no it is a tongue twister because I fucked it up sushi chef this is the sushi chef (laughs) yeah it's hard well was that a fun segment let us know in the comments if that's something that you enjoyed (laughs) We can try more. I'm sure there's more <laughs> on the internet. What is it? Uh, when Tina joins the debate team and the teacher's like, how are you coming on those tongue twisters? And she's like, well, I'm still on the first one. Three tongue twisters or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. Oh, Tina. If I ever forget to watch a movie, which could happen, I'm just going to re- do a Bob's Burgers episode. <laughs> <laughs> I believe my plan was just to or say I watched a Woody Allen movie and then just make shit up. Yeah, fair enough. Everyone and then and like then at the end, we'll do a spell to kill him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. And in that way, also, this podcast is de- dedicated to Wex. Yeah. <laughs> as all of them have been so far. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be as sleepy as I am because I got up early-ish, had breakfast, left the house, and I was still early, so I went and I had a London fog and a muffin, and yet still here I am, weary-eyed. Me too. It's the sun. I blame yeah. the sun. Wily sun. What a silly sun. Mm, a scamp. <laughs> Little rascal. <laughs> All right, we should say we went to Van Calf mm-hmm. yesterday. Got a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, it was a really good show. They need a bigger venue with bigger aisles and also to put, like, arrows on the floor so people move the, like... Not like there's one way that most people are moving and some people aren't. It's like it's just chaos in there. Yeah. And it's like it's a lot of people who, you know, you come into a room that's filled with other people and like panic. Yeah. And like no spatial It's a lot of fucking nerds is what Melissa is saying. (laughs) It's a lot of fucking. And it's I'm sorry. It smelled like farts as soon as we got in there and it didn't stop smelling like farts until we left. And only some of those farts were mine. I farted before I got there. Like a professional. <laughs> yeah, like a super cool show and stuff, but when you shove a bunch of people who aren't super used to being in these crowded situations and having to, like, navigate them, which also is me, mm. but I tend to go in a very um, 
systematic way when I'm like overwhelmed like that but there was no flow which was really bothersome yeah and it's also like I feel the culture at Van Caff sort of escalating to like a fandom one rather than a arts and culture kind of one yeah and I think that also will drastically change the dynamic of a crowd because then everyone's sort of crowding around one table Mm -hmm. or like bouncing from one side of the room to another without any yeah concept of decorum Like, the amount of people who decided to look at a table, but then take, like, like, I think you were saying, take a big step back. Yeah. While they were doing it. It's like, no, you pretty much have to be pushed up against that table so people can go by you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot happening. Yeah. And it's like, and I... Hot tip. Don't congregate at the end of aisleways or in front of ATMs. Well, I mean, like, especially uh, Van Caff is free entry. Just pop outside. Yeah. Pop outside for a minute when you're like, oh, let's figure this out. Go outside for a couple of minutes, come back in. Also, holy shit, like move out of anyone's way if you're in their way. But if you see someone with a fucking cane or any other walking assistant, yeah, move. Yeah. I mean, like there's a lot that could be done to be making Van Calf more accessible. Yeah. I didn't see any wheelchair users there. And I'm guessing part of the reason is that they know they won't be able to get through a crowd. Yeah, because the layout is hostile to anyone that needs help moving. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like we're being negative. It was a really good show. Yes, yeah. They, they need a bigger space, and they need a little bit more planning just to get crowds moving around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. But it was good. We yeah. saw a lot of good art. I got a print that I am very excited about. Yeah, I got a really cool bag uh, from Abby Howard, who I have like all her dinosaur books and stuff. <laughs> um, and this one's really cool. And then I got uh, Emily Carroll, her new one. Which, for some reason, I thought that she had another new one out, but I didn't see it, so I must be confused. Mm. And then I got Mel Gilman's book, and it's all, like, colored in pencils, which I was really excited for. It was good. It was good. We uh, saw um, Indigeneity in Comics. Yeah. Which was moderated by Cole Pauls, local celebrity, and pizza punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the talk, but that theater uh, is not set up for fat people yeah it has arms on all the chairs that you can't move and i just spent the whole day well the like 45 minutes or whatever how long the talk was with uh chair arms just pushing right into my thighs so um yeah if you're in a theater don't put or anywhere actually anywhere public don't put arms on your chairs i don't understand the purpose of that who needs it yeah anyway I was annoyed by that, but there was a good talk, good panel. Mm-hmm. This will come out well after it's over, but next year you guys should all go. Yeah. Yeah. We're missing a talk right now that I was stoked for, but yeah. that's fine. <laughs> I said we could cancel this, and Barbara said no, so. Yeah. Also, I, I really like the panels at Van Gaff, and I like hearing what other people have to say, but I feel like the mental health oriented one isn't something that I'm like going to be missing information if I miss the talk so we're we know a lot about being mentally unhealthy (laughs) not to brag but we're pretty mentally unwell (laughs) it's pretty fucked up in there just our brains are all mush yeah just sad angry mush that reminds me another brag because I got up so early when I had some extra time to kill I went into shoppers and Got like putting in my prescription to be refilled for when I head back that way. After. Yay! Yeah. So, Queen of Errands. Okay, should we talk about movies? I guess. Hey, uh, I'm Barbara. Oh, I'm Melissa. What's our podcast called? It is called I Forgot. Yeah. What did we forget this week, Barbara? I forgot Caddyshack. Caddyshack. That's a movie that I have heard of, and Isn't from the title. I'm guessing it's about golf. Specifically about caddies. Right on the nose, then. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty smart. Let me Is that one up. of the facts you looked up? It, like, I did have one fact to begin. Uh, the whole, the, the golf course they use throughout mm. the movie is actually the one your dad works on. Oh, you know what? I knew that because it's his favorite movie. Yeah. And that's why he works there. Yeah. It inspired him to apply. It's in much better condition in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining the golf course now. It's got like a bunch of garbage all over it. <laughs> bunch of dead birds. Absolutely lousy with gophers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, that lady yesterday who you called Swan Lady, I could have sworn that was a goose. Well, I'm pretty sure it's Swan Lady. I'm pretty sure that was a swan. And usually on the swan's little basket, she has signs everywhere that says, like, follow me on Facebook or whatever. It must have been like a... (laughs) wasn't a marketing day. Yeah. She was just just out for a walk with her swan. Yeah. I had never seen Swan Lady before, and you had mentioned her, and I was just like, oh, well, there's a lot of sort of local celebrities. Mm -hmm. I don't have to know all of them. And then I walked out of the restaurant yesterday and was like, that lady has (laughs) I assumed that lady has a goose in a cage, but apparently it was a (laughs) swan, which is even kind of worse because that's a small cage. Yeah, it was a pretty small cage. I don't really know how to set the stage because I I spent the last 45 minutes of this movie half paying attention and half Googling about the scene I had just watched, trying to figure out if I should be mad or not, because (laughs) what happens seems so outrageous, just like identical, actually, to the feeling when the dog dies in Up in Smoke. Oh, and I'm like, no, this movie wouldn't do that to me. There's no reason for this to happen here. So, yeah. Caddyshack opens delightfully, actually. It opens with a little gopher puppet bursting out of the ground and then dancing as the credits roll. And then a golf ball flies in with Caddyshack on it. Good. Yeah. That is a very good way to start. Yeah. And, like, it flies in as if someone had just learned how to use, like, Movie Maker. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a PowerPoint. Yeah. (laughs) And then we go to our, I guess, protagonist's house. Which has approximately six dozen people living in it. And his uncle is yelling at him because he's, he spent, he drank four Cokes yesterday. Okay. (laughs) And so that's an unreasonable expense. Potentially up to $5 worth of Coke, but also perhaps only $2 worth of Coke. Yeah. They do establish that it's less than $2 worth of Coke because then when he gets to work and tries to buy a Coke, the concession guy informs him that they've raised the price to 50 cents and he's like never mind then i'm not paying 50 cents for a coke i don't know what that would be for inflation i don't know either well then that's just a fun conversation we had what i'm so i'm supposed to know math now oh no i was just saying both of us we just did a little efficient dodge there yeah look we don't know geography we don't know math what else don't we know? Social studies. Thank you so much, Wes, for your ongoing support. <laughs> uh, yes. In the panel yesterday. Yeah. Uh, someone. Uh, I think Cole was, said, in case you don't know geography or something, and yeah. then Wes just turned around and looked at us. <laughs> have a big smile on their face. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the uncle is yelling at Danny for having to go to college and the fact that college costs money. And so Danny climbs down the fire escape and then rides his bike forever. Into the sunset. Yeah, so it just sort of cuts between, like, scenes of the sort of suburbia that he lives in and then him riding his bike on a very clear green screen. (laughs) Uh, Also, the song in the background is not Saved by the Bell, but is indistinguishable from Saved by the Bell. Like, the same, same mood. It's the same difference. Okay, so yeah, he gets to work after his hour-long bike ride, and he's caddying for Chevy Chase. And Chevy Chase is this... He's meant to be charming, Mm. and he kind of is. Like, his character is... You've communicated well that this character's supposed to be charming, even though in real life, if I interacted with this guy for a second, I would scream. Mm -hmm. But he's, like, full of sort of generic, monolithic Eastern wisdom. Oh, yeah, okay. So he's always, like, just sort of spouting off this westernized zen shit every time (laughs) Danny opens his mouth and then um, can I just share a quick fact about Chevy Chase in this movie yes Uh, so this is actually the movie where Chevy Chase had like this huge epiphany that he just stopped being such an asshole oh Um, it was like a three ghost situation you know what I'm talking about yeah Um, and so he was like oh yeah like everyone's gonna hate me if I continue on this path but then he was like so what and he stayed an asshole Oh, yeah, that's okay. But you can ask him about it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, there were ghosts and shit, and they said you should probably stop, and I was like, sure. <laughs> Look, you can't tell me what to do. I'm Chevy Chase. I'm Chevy fucking Chase. 
Also, shouldn't his name be Chevy, like the truck? That's what we'll call him now. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he's chatting with Chevy. And, um, okay. I Now I understand. They're introducing them as kind of the same person. Mm. So Chevy keeps, like, lobbing him some easy jokes. And then he knocks him. He's like, what are you supposed to be? And Danny's like, I'm an underachiever. And then he's like, do you do drugs, Danny? And he's like as often as I can (laughs) kind of thing. Well, I have a lot more money for them now that I have to stop buying this super expensive Coke. Yeah. Now that I've quit Coke, I can start meth. The Coke was the most obvious one, and I had to detour, but I didn't detour far enough. I thought you were just going to say, now that I've quit Coke, I can start Coke. Yeah, that's what I I mean. You were like, that was too obvious is what you meant. Yeah, so I went with meth. The arguably most creative drug there is. No, I'm just super into acid. Okay, so yeah, he's helping Chevy Chase golf, and Chevy blindfolds himself, I guess to make a point about his enlightenment or whatever, and like being the ball, and then like knocks all the clubs over or whatever, trying to find the ball to hit it, mm-hmm. and then gets the ball perfectly on the green. Ooh, that's pretty hard too, because I hear that most golf courses have very little green. I'm going to leave this entire silence in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it's not that impressive. (laughs) So he gets it right next to the hole, and then it... (laughs) Oh, you mean next to the hole, not just on the green somewhere. I'm starting to become genuinely confused that you don't know the difference between the grass in a golf course and the green. I've never played golf, and I'm never going to. I, I respect that decision and support it. But that doesn't answer. I refuse to learn. I assume the green meant all the grass, just not a sand pit or a lake. Oh, no. So the green <laughs> me- means the area like around the hole. It's usually raised somewhat. Oh, okay. Or it's a different texture. Okay, so I guess it's a little more impressive than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to learn anything about golf. I'm going to forget this when I leave just out of spite. Okay. And then it cuts to the greenskeeper, who is incredibly cartoonishly Scottish and holding a plaid cap with a pom-pom on it in his hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he's talking to Bill Murray, who is an Adam Sandler character. Like, his mouth, he's sort of talking out of one side of his mouth. Okay. And he's supposed to be a little bit slow or something. Okay. Oh, I have a fact about Bill Murray, too, that Ali actually shared with us last night. Um, Bill Murray was actually born with six toes on each hand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's funny but it's it's true and also a little bit like scary but i think he probably had them removed and fingers put on i think so his hands look normal in here but it, they could just be prosthetic for i also didn't check maybe he had five fingers and six toes on each hand and they just had to remove all the toes oh so i'm not sure but that's definitely true I also wonder if that would have made it easier for him to, like, do walking handstands. Like, where were the toes? Were they sort of just, like, above the palm, so under the fingers? Mm. Or were they on the back of the hand? Oh, yeah, if they were on the back of the hand, that would be pretty cool. You could handstand, probably climb easier. Hard to punch if they were coming through the knuckles. Yeah, but then you could punch and kick at the same time, kind of. Well, I feel like, and I mean, I could be wrong. I feel like when you kick... You're not supposed to be kicking, like, your toes on someone. Yeah, the bottom of your toes. You, like, you sort I of just, do. like, you're stepping, like, you're tiptoeing on them. That's how you kick. Just like you're tiptoeing on a person. Okay, I always assumed I was supposed to use, like, my heel or the flat of the top of my foot. Oh, no, that's a common misconception. Oh, that's how I've gotten most of my good results. So mm. I've kicked Kurt several times. <laughs> I'm um, really good at winking. Bray. Now who's being ableist? Yeah. You can wink one eye, can't you? I can. Yeah. I can't I can't whistle very well. And I apparently can't snap either. That's something we discovered when Tom was talking about how he can't snap. Oh. There you go. I used to be able to snap like three fingers. And my uncle can snap like all four. It's ridiculous. How do you snap all four fingers? At once? Yeah, you would just put his hand sort of like this and start on the pinky and then go. See, I can get a bit of noise out of my ring finger. I can only do my ring finger. Oh, I usually do my middle. Oh, that's what I mean. 
I can get more <laughs> noise from my ring finger by it slapping my yeah. palm when I. But it's like it's getting close to the same thing. I used to be able to actually make it snap. Mm. Can't anymore. But let's make sure we leave this section in. Yes. Snapping corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snapping corner. It's in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the extremely Scottish groundskeeper is talking to uh, Bill Murray about how they need to remove the gophers. I don't see why. They seem cute and they dance. So This golf course is full of rich people and they don't like other living things. They don't like to be reminded that they share the planet with other humans, much less animals. Why wouldn't you just give the gophers like bow ties and monocles? And then they'd just see them and think that they're other rich people yeah. and be fine. Yeah. Strap a dollar bill to each one and be like, oh, that's where I keep my dollar bill. Yeah, but then that's going to cause a whole bunch of other problems especially with the like front desk because then they're gonna all the rich people are gonna be showing up like the i saw this tiny furry little rich person and i asked if he wanted to play through and he wouldn't he just stood there and watched me and then when i went to putt he tunneled under my club but then also there'd be a lot of intimidation because it'd be like all these furry rich people had just started eating money they're just nibbling on their one dollar bills like how much money do these people have and then all the rich people who weren't ground dogs or gophers? Gophers. All the rich people who weren't gophers would feel such shame. They would. They'd say, I, I keep my money for spending. That one's so rich he can eat it. Yeah. Well, they also wipe their butts with it. Oh, my God. Make a nest with it. They're buying Cokes with it willy-nilly. Yeah. Just any time they want, they just go and they buy two Cokes. I saw that gopher over there have four Cokes. Coats. Cokes. <laughs> The gopher has a fur coat made of other coats. <laughs> I shouldn't have bragged about how good I am at doing talking sounds because now I keep keep fucking up the sounds that my words are supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, anyway, so they've established that there's a gopher problem. That, I thought, would feature more heavily in the movie. It does not. Sorry in advance. Mm. Um, it's kind of like a C-plot. Oh. Uh, but then it cuts to Danny, who has to fight the concession guy because the coke costs 50 cents. So um, they're like a fist fight or verbal fight? Yeah, he's in the like whatever area they go usually to get their paychecks. And so the boss comes in while they're arguing through the window and kicks the guy who's selling the coke out. Just like he was covering for oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so as soon as he's out, Danny's like, there's not a wall between us, so now I'm going to kick your ass. And so they go outside and start like fighting outside the caddy shack and then their boss comes out after they break this big thing of gummy gumballs oh okay like i thought you were gonna say like gummy worms and i was like oh that sucks but the gumballs i'm like oh all right yeah they're so good yeah i mean they're good forever those have already touched the floor a bunch of times mm-hmm. so yeah no so boss comes out because they're doing this in front of him and says cut that shit out also, you guys better shape up or we're going to fire all of you. Also, so if that's not enough stakes for this movie, uh, there's a big tournament and whoever wins gets a scholarship. I I miss the days that I was never around for when you could have a fist fight in front of your boss and he'd be like, stop doing that or I might have to fire you. I might think about it. If you don't shape up in the next few weeks, I might, I might threaten to fire you again. Yeah. Because I have never been allowed to hit my coworkers at all. Mm. So I just say sometimes I want to punch people. And I should be allowed to. We live in a society. Why can't I punch people? Yeah. Just anytime I want. Whoever I want. Doesn't matter. They cut me off. Indiscriminate punching like that Simpsons episode. Just punch people in the back of the head and be like, you deserved it. Mm-hmm. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't punch people, I guess. Sometimes sometimes fantasize about it. That's yeah. fine. Like, uh, you can punch Nazis because punch, that's yeah. still funny. Yeah. It's still funny. It's still pretty good. Yeah. But otherwise, I guess don't punch people. You inspire Nazis to have heart attacks on stage, like that one guy. What? That was really funny. <laughs> good. Did you see that tweet? This lady being like, oh, you know, it's like me, uh, oh. Colin, spends all day helping, like, minority people and, like, you know, 
blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, what did she say? Women of color. You're evil because of your white boyfriend. And then she's dating Richard Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you are. Yeah. This you, particular white boyfriend is the problem. Yes. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed near minority children. Yeah. Because you're dating someone who wants them to die. <laughs> I don't know why you say <laughs> like that makes you a danger to these children. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, no. I deleted my note again. This happens every time, you guys. Still here. That also happens every time. So yeah, the scholarship would solve Danny's uncle yelling problems. So he's gonna compete, and then it cuts to the locker room or whatever. I don't know why golf places need a locker room. I don't know it's hot outside. What if you start to sweat? I don't so change know. from your golf clothes to your like evening tuxedos. Play a real sport if you want a locker room. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, some old racist guy shows up at the club, and he's making he stops a priest to tell him a racist joke about a Catholic and a black man, and then like the guy turns and shows his collar. He's like, "That's very funny." Does he actually think it's funny, or is he being mean to the racist? He's being mean to the racist. Good. And then the guy, he's just given his shoes to someone working there to say like, "These aren't shined properly. Please do it again." whatever and then it cuts to the guy um buffing his shoes and he's black and so he like pushes them into the grinder implying that he's about to ruin his shoes <laughs> good <laughs> yeah also fine to do that yes don't mess with people's food probably but mess with their shoes you, you can mess with a racist food yeah poison a racist if you want to yeah, yeah don't yeah. let melissa stop you from poisoning a racist <laughs> just in general if you have a bad customer, not necessarily racist, mess with their shoes, think twice about messing with their food. Yeah. Just consider a bit more what could happen, I guess. Make sure it's worth it. This podcast is brought to you by Cyanide. Poison a local rapist. Oop. I meant racist, but also a rapist. <laughs> Today. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by service workers. We control your life. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, his shoes are going to be ruined. And then um, Rodney Dangerfield shows up, and everyone's annoyed now. The racist is annoyed. The non-racists are annoyed because Rodney Dangerfield is just sort of doing offensive crowd work (laughs) (laughs) and, like, riffing being Rodney Dangerfield. I feel like they just, like, brought him in and let him go. (laughs) No script for you. Just do your best. Yeah. Did you ever see that cartoon where I'm pretty sure it's Rodney Dangerfield plays a dog? And I forget exactly what happens, but I think, like, it's like he has this owner and her boyfriend doesn't like the dog, so tries to drown it, and it's very scary. He lives. He lives. I don't know if the boyfriend does. The dog does. I don't know what this is. I'm going to look it up sometime. Okay. (laughs) I'll forget about it, and someone just tell me when you hear this. Yeah. (laughs) It was very scary. Okay, so yeah, now they're on the golf course, and the racist has a niece, and she comes over, and all every man in the area has to stop and look at her, and so there's just a lot of shots at her, of her standing to the side so you can see that her nipples are hard. <laughs> I don't know if that's the point, but it seems like it's probably the point. Yeah, check it out. She has nipples. Yeah. How old is she? Um... We don't know. I, they might have established it. I wasn't paying a lot of attention. I assume, like, early 20s. Okay, well, creepy either way, but also, you know, that, some, that could also, she could also be, like, 17. Yeah. <laughs> I feel she's, like, probably 18 or above. She's about to hook up with the adults and the caddies in this movie, so. Oh, she just She's does. in some. She goes full force. Yeah, so she's. Um, she's fun because she's this sort of character that every... Is this a 70s or an 80s movie? 80s. 80s. Like 1980s. Okay. Like 1980. Okay. Um, yeah, she's the sort of obligatory, sexy, eye candy for this male-dominated 80s movie. But she's also very empowered. Oh, good. She's also very horny. Good. <laughs> I have one more question. Mm. Any other women in this movie? There is... One other woman, they don't talk to each other. 
I didn't expect them to ever meet, but I am kind of surprised there are two women. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a golf course, I guess. Women aren't allowed on a golf course. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not unless you're empowered. Um, also, she looks different in a scene. So in my notes, I did write down that she was a different woman. But no, there's just the two total. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in one scene, she changes her makeup and it confuses It confuses me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so then he's got his arm around his niece for way too long. And then he gets bagged by... Rodney Dangerfield like hits a ball in his general direction and he gets bagged by it and it's very funny. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> golf balls are very hard. I don't know if you knew this. They are, yeah. Yeah. Like diamonds. Sucks. Yeah. That's actually what all the facets on yeah, the, the golf ball grooves. are. Yeah. yeah. Dimples, I think they're called. Love to get my dimples on that green. <laughs> um, yeah, and so he gets bagged and then we see Rodney Dangerfield also on the golf course annoying everyone with his magic tricks like he's he's rigged his golf bag to pop his clubs out when he wants it he's also rigged it to have a tap a beer tap that's awesome so people don't like this no for whatever reason people don't like this and then he starts dancing to any way you want it which is also playing from his bag (laughs) (laughs) like i love it but i guess i can sort of see how people would be annoyed if this happened all the time but like for the movie it's good yeah, if Rodney Dangerfield's crowd work didn't entirely rely on harassing women, oh yeah, yeah. everything else he does in this movie is delightful. So yeah, the hijinks ensue. Um, Bill Murray's trying to drown the gopher, so he just fills the holes with a, a hose and then floods the course. Oh, can I uh, just jump in? Sorry, I think mm-hmm. you were mid-thought. But originally this movie was supposed to have it where the day like just kept restarting and Bill Murray had to try to kill the gopher in a different way each time oh. but they didn't have that technology yet they needed to wait they didn't have the technology to restart the day yeah they and needed... keep the footage from the previous day oh no no just to like make like the gopher wasn't able to restart the day they had to wait until they got like a full on groundhog oh okay more the more magical of the the little environments yeah arguably the most magical after a mandrake yeah <laughs> or um i don't know i think rats have some magic in them yeah yeah I'll, bats I'll, I'll, I'll take a magic rat yeah sure a newt i forget what we were talking about but i just think newts are kind of magic yeah <laughs> yeah i forget what i said a moment ago but <laughs> another animal <laughs> also Rodney dangerfield when he goes to putt his putter has a scope but- and so that's really cute and then uh, when the racist goes to putt, Rodney Dangerfield is like, he, like bets him a thousand bucks or something that he doesn't get it. And then he gets all stressed out and all these people start crowding around to watch him and then he misses. Nice. So the racist gets super mad and throws his club into the crowd and Danny oh. is caddying for him. So helps him lie after the club hits a woman. Oh, there's, yeah, so there's a third woman and racist grandpa is trying to act like it was an accident so Danny helps him lie and then racist Uncle Grandpa still only tips him like 20 cents it's not even enough for a coke yeah oh I'm sorry I'm just old my arms just do what they want yeah (laughs) the wind caught it (laughs) I was trying to send a message (laughs) put it in a bottle throw it in the wind yeah (laughs) yeah and then it cuts to Bill Murray and he's preparing for war with the gopher as if it's Vietnam because it's 1980, and if you don't have a Vietnam joke in the movie, then what are you even doing? Yeah. And then, yeah, as in case you didn't get that this movie was somewhat about class, they show right after Danny gets tipped like 20 cents, they show Rodney Dangerfield like tipping really well and having lots of fun at this dinner banquet thing. Oh, well, good. Mm-hmm. The the not racist but misogynist like overtly misogynist man tips well and is having fun but the racist guys yeah not so the, like the uh, the racist guy is old money like he's very yeah. wealthy and then Rodney Dangerfield is supposed to be like new money yeah and then the caddies and stuff are no money that's the thing like this I get what they're doing, but it's also like Bill Murray is your poorest character. He lives in a shack on the golf course, and he is the butt of every joke. Yeah. So what? you guys missed a step here. Yeah. You, <laughs> you did a little oopsie. Yeah, you, you tried. 
But then you were also like, but not those poor people. No. Poor people are gross. They live in shacks. Mm-hmm. They fight gophers. Also, I don't know if Bill Murray is supposed to have a disability. Yeah, like I don't he, know either. It's performed, honestly, like he's supposed to be just kind of a dumb guy. Yeah. But the way Bill Murray physically performs it, it looks like he's making fun of someone with CP or oh. something. Like it's just like his his one of his hands is always kind of stiffer. I wonder if he like actually fought in Vietnam or something like his character was supposed to have and that actually might be it. Yeah. But even then, you guys are cut it out. Yeah. Stop that. Yeah, so he they're at this banquet and Ronnie Dangerfield's offending everyone with his rude crowd work and also one big fart. <laughs> if you're offended by one big fart, grow up. Yeah. One people, fart per banquet. Per, people are full of gas. You're lucky you're not farting all the time. <laughs> and then outside, Chevy Chase is hitting on the niece, but what I have written here is the world's weirdest witch because she's just... They set up the niece is really hot in that one scene where you see her, but then now when he's talking to her, she's very confident, very direct. Like, she's complimenting his tie, and she's like, would you like to tie me up with your tie's tie? Because his name is Ty also. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot. You can't be hot and confident is what Barbara's saying. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's written like they don't know how sexually confident women actually behave. Yeah. Like, she's just very creepy and a little <laughs> bit like she knows something that everyone else doesn't, which I get. That's sexy when people act that way, but not not the way she's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then on the other end of the building, racist grandpa-uncle, his grandson, who is just sort of established as kind of annoying and spoiled, uh, has been taking drinks off everyone's tables and accidentally drinks a cigarette butt and then pukes in someone's sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So wait, how old is the grandson? He's just getting drunk? The grandson's probably like 16. Oh, okay. Also, earlier on, there's a scene where they're walking towards the like concession stand, and the grandson is just listing, basically reading the entire menu, saying, I want a coffee, and I want a burger, and I want a hot dog, and I want... And then racist grandpa's like, you'll get nothing and like it, which I feel like is one of the lines this movie is known for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's good enough, racist grandpa. You can have one. Yeah. And then back to Rodney Dangerfield. He's sexually harassing racist grandpa's wife. So now racist grandpa wants him banned from the club. He doesn't want him in here ever again. So the caddy tournament happens, and it's not very eventful. Danny wins. Great job, everyone. Woo! You did it. I all suspected the- he might do it, Yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. Um, all the other caddies are, like, yelling when they're... He's going to take a shot and stuff, like trying to distract him. But he wins anyway. It's a, it's like the opposite of racist grandpa getting stressed out. Yeah, it's because he got all that Zen advice from Chevy Chase. Yeah. Chevy Chase. And so after he wins, he gets to have sex with the Irish cashier, who I guess is his boyfriend. Also, her accent is so bad that I thought maybe it was real. Paul actually looked it up for me because I was like, I can't figure out, first of all, if this is supposed to be Irish or Scottish. And also, like, it's so bad that I can't believe someone did it thinking that's what Irish sounds like. But, no, that was her best attempt. Okay. She's from Connecticut. Well, you gotta try. Yeah. So, yeah, he has sex with his girlfriend at work. Yeah. In a bed. Wait, there's a, well, maybe there's, like, a massage area in this golf club? I don't know. Maybe she just lives really close to the golf course, but it really just seemed like all of a sudden they were inside and having sex in a bed, in a bedroom. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they stole Bill Murray's shack. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's caddy day at the pool. And so all the rich people are lounging around, and then all the caddies run in, like the kindergartners from recess, and they're throwing <laughs> shit around and jumping in the pool and splashing people. And then um, the rich people are traumatized. By this, of course, they all have to leave. Yeah. And then he's sitting with his girlfriend, and hot niece walks in, and all of the men, including himself, stop and stare at her. Bad. And then he doesn't even apologize to his girlfriend. Maybe she was staring, too. That would have been fun, but no, instead she's watching them all stare, and then as soon as she starts talking, 
she makes this weird, I'm making fun of her voice, but she doesn't say any words. So oh. Hadnice is talking to someone and then she goes, <laughs> So that happened. <laughs> I just love the weird the scream. <laughs> it's how we are. Um, and then someone throws a baby Ruth in the pool. That's this movie that that happens in. They throw a what? A baby Ruth. Oh, and they think it's a turd. Yeah, and then they have to drain the pool and scrub it. And then as Bill Murray's scrubbing it, he picks up the poo and he's like, oh, I found it. And then he bites into it. And everyone's grossed out. Yeah. Uh, that also happens in Bob's Burgers and they mention it to Caddyshack, but I just want to point that out. Ah. Bob definitely says, oh, wait, you've seen Caddyshack? You saw the Caddyshack? <laughs> he's like, what's a Caddyshack? <laughs> <laughs> Louis poops in the pool for real. <laughs> Oh, also, when the baby Ruth falls in the pool, they film it really close up and play Jaws music. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, and so then we cut to Chevy Chase's house, and it's covered in just, like, room divider screen kind of things and Mm. generic Japanese art. Oh, he's very cultured. Yes. Yes. And then Hot Niece comes over. This is where the movie lost me for about half an hour because I was furious as he offers her a drink and then it shows him sort of covering the bottle of an open Perrier, shaking it up a little, putting the lid back on, and then walking it over to her so she can watch him take the lid off and mm. make a big show of how much it's sizzling or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is, what is the word I'm looking for? Fizzing? Fizzing. And so I was like, why is he trying to date rape? her what i had to do because no one has written about this scene because it's a throwaway joke and a throwaway scene in the movie Mm -hmm. uh what i had to do was find a podcast that you can listen to called caddyshack minute which (laughs) each episode is an hour long and dedicated to one minute of caddyshack oh my god and so they discuss this minute and explain to me that what he's doing is he's got like three open bottles of perrier yeah that he's put back into one because he didn't have any fresh bottles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is disgusting, but not Also, finish date a bottle rape. before you open another one. Yeah, but yeah. also a date rape scene wouldn't be out of place in an 80s movie. Especially a Chevy Chase movie. Yeah, so I I'm not surprised you were angry for a minute and be like, wait a second. Yeah, but it just, it did feel off. That's why I went on such a search, but Anyway, be more trustworthy, Chevy Chase, and also all men in the 80s. Or now. Or now. So anyway, that happens, and I guess they have sex. I watched this um, on demand, and it's entirely possible that that there is a sex scene for this, and it was cut out of the movie, but you do see boobs several times. Boobies. So anyway, if that was your concern, you'll see boobs no matter what. Unless they somehow made like a PG-rated one. And then you'll see the boobies. It's just that it's got little golf balls over the nipples. Yeah. Full golf ball boobs, I think. Yeah. You take off your top. Big golf balls. Golf ball titties. That's where little golf balls come from. Mm-hmm. From the dimples. Yeah. The diamond oh, little dimples. Holes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Chevy has sex with the hot niece. And then it cuts to hot niece flirting with Danny's rival or whatever. But he doesn't have good weed, and Danny has good weed, so she has sex with him instead. Danny is still in a relationship? Yeah. So he cheats on... Uh, I don't know, because it's... I don't think they're exclusive. Oh, okay. But... It's just a fling. Yeah. It's just like a summer golf fling. Like, I was more... I'm less annoyed by him having sex with this woman than I was by him gawking at her in front of his... The woman he had just had sex with. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're exclusive because, yeah, later when Irish girlfriend says that she's pregnant, she tells Danny that it might not be his. Okay. I I don't know. I didn't watch it, but that also sounds like she's just admitting to maybe I cheated on you. Anyway, doesn't matter. Well, I, he's like saying, I want to marry you or whatever. And she's like, no, don't. What she says is, oh, yeah, that's just what I need. <laughs> Um, it's true. Like, what does Danny have to offer? I won a caddy competition one time. Yeah, I've got a scholarship that I'm about to fuck up. I saved 50 cents when I didn't buy that Coke, so. Mm-hmm. I'm a great provider. Yeah. No, she 
that's when she brings it up. Like, it might not even be your kid, so why are you worrying about it? But also, it's implied that she's bringing it up just to make him feel better so he doesn't feel obligated to marry her. So, who knows? Anyway, Danny has sex with the hot niece. Um, and then racist Uncle Grandpa walks in. And now he's... Danny's like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my scholarship. And also, I don't get to be this guy's caddy anymore. He tips so well. So, yeah, Uncle Grandpa walks in. He's mad. And then it cuts to Bill Murray, who is now, like, the only likable person in this movie. He's hitting flowers with a golf club. (laughs) Why not? Why not? It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to kill flowers. That's the end. (laughs) (laughs) And then a priest walks up. And Bill Murray caddies for him, and the it starts raining. So they play through the rain, except it's like keeps raining harder. <laughs> and then he like finishes the course or whatever, and raises his hands, but he's got his club with him, and lightning strikes it. Uh, <laughs> the priest was the devil. Yeah, it was fun when we could poke fun at Christianity and Catholicism without it smacking of sort of new atheist culture <laughs> you know i don't know if he is a catholic priest i don't trust priests i don't trust priests either may i ever tell you that's why we got excommunicated from ireland was oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. the priest kept coming around so like my great 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 grandfather <laughs> knocked him out <laughs> that also just sounds like a joke like an old timey racist joke about irish people <laughs> 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 so yeah bill murray's just having having a time trying to kill a gopher and getting up to some hijinks in between and then maggie yeah tells him she's pregnant she's keeping it uh and then they make up almost immediately and i don't remember or care if there's any resolution to whether or not she keeps her baby back in the club or whatever the old time old no not old timey racist contemporary racist is telling rodney dangerfield like i'm gonna get you banned from this club you're not gonna be invited back and then Roger Dangerfield's like, I'm new rich, so I'm just going to buy the club then. Hmm. And so to settle whether or not he should buy the club, they're going to have another golf contest. Awesome. Eventually, Danny gets invited to play. Well, he won the caddy contest. Well, no, no Rodney Dangerfield starts sucking so bad that he asks Danny to play for him. Uh. And Chevy Chase is practicing the night before, and he hits his ball into Bill Murray's shack. And so he goes in there, and they ha- share some wine. Kiss. Actually, he goes in there and, like, negs him about his house. It just tells him it looks like shit in here. And Bill Murray's like, yeah, sorry. Like, <laughs> he's just kind of like, yeah, sorry, I need to clean up. There's, It's not pleasant. And then Bill Murray shows him the grass that he's invented, which is just a plot of grass sitting in his living room. And he's like, so you could play a good 18 holes on this. And then, and he pulls out a joint. <laughs> and they share it. He's like, and you smoke it. <laughs> well, it's clever. Yeah, it was really cute. And then he offers to cut the tendons in racist Uncle Grandpa's legs if Chevy Chase needs it. Oh, good. Yeah, so Danny is caddying for racist Uncle Grandpa. And then Rodney Dangerfield asks him to just play as him. Yeah. It seems like a bit of a conflict of interest. Well, okay, so racist Uncle Grandpa takes him aside earlier and says, just, it's fine if. Like, it's fine that you had sex with my niece, just don't tell anyone about it. Mm. And I guess that is the waking point for Danny, where he's like, this guy's kind of an asshole, which is, um, I don't think it's done for the feminist reasons that someone might object to. It's fine if you have sex with my niece, just keep it a secret. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so that's when Danny decides that he's going to fuck him over, but he's already agreed to be his caddy for this competition. He can't back out of that. Then he'd get some sort of super caddy and they'd all be screwed. Yeah. So they get like halfway through the course. Rodney Dangerfield sucks so bad that he asked Danny to play for him. Meanwhile, Bill Murray has made plastic explosive in the shape of woodland creatures (laughs) that he's now putting into the gopher holes in an attempt to trick it. But the gopher was spying on him as he was making this. So (laughs) he knows to run away. So they play the tournament Danny is, like, just catching up. And so he, they're on the last hole, and Danny's got to putt it in, and he's all stressed out, and he putts it, and it lands, like, stops, like, right before the hole. And it's like, no, the rich guy's going to win then. And then the gopher pops up and knocks it in. 
And then Bill Murray sets off all the plastic explosive he set up around the course, and the explosion causes the ball to fall in the hole. Yay! <laughs> and then um, the end credits roll with the dancer, the gopher dancing. Yeah, because the gopher's still alive. Yeah, he's fine. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds fine. Yeah, sounds like an okay movie, kind of. I understand. Like, here's the thing: I think people love this movie too much. Like, yeah. it's my dad's favorite movie, and that's fine. As I like, it was fun, but I people take it like a classic movie, like a really serious, not serious, but classic. This is what good film is. Yeah, and it's not a good movie. It's a fun movie. I had fun watching it. I would yeah. watch it again if it was on in the background at a party. But anyone who tells you this is a good movie is what are we comparing good movies to? Name a name a name three good movies. Hackers. Um. Hackers. And Hackers Two. And <laughs> Mary and Kate in a New York Minute. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good one. Okay. Mary yeah. and Kate? Mary Kate and Ashley. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, I sorry, I knew what you meant, but yeah. I guess it wasn't technically correct. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It gives a bit more context. I do have two more two more facts and I think you're gonna be pretty excited. Okay. Um so you know how they were all wearing those fancy golf gloves? Mm-hmm. The actual like uh I wanna say seamstress, but uh like tailor or whatever for the golf gloves, like custom made by Ed Gein, so pretty fancy. And who's that? <laughs> you just look it up later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ed Gein is a serial killer who cut, like, skinned people and then made gloves and masks and shit. Oh, she did a joke that she knew I would hate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, that must have been difficult for Bill Murray's gloves, though. What did his look like? Well, just because of the toe fingers. Oh, but he had gotten rid of the toe fingers by then. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was like a really young thing like before he was before he was even like 15 they were planning to get rid of him okay yeah that i surprises me only because after you said it it seemed to make a lot of sense how many handstands he was doing throughout the movie every time he had to put something in a gopher hole he would do it standing on one hand i think probably what happened was he got really good at handstands because he Mm. had the toe fingers um it's like training wheels basically yeah so they come off and you're fine you know they came off and he had to relearn it a bit but he had already become so accustomed to doing these handstands all the time mm. that he's just like, yeah, like, I'm not going to stop. This is pretty fun. Yeah. This is, this is how I want to view the world. Okay. And also, I think you're going to like this fact because I actually wrote this movie one time when I was taking, like, a particularly long poop. I wrote it all out, and I was like, oh, like, this is a fine movie, but, like, I can't, it can't come out now. It's got to come out, like, 25, 30 years ago. Mm. So what I did was I ran really fast counterclockwise around the world, so it went back in time, and then I put this there, like gave it to a studio exec, and was like, you should definitely make this. It'll make you a lot of money for sure. And yeah. they're like, you seem like you're from the future. And I'm like, I am. <laughs> and then I ran clockwise and turned the world back to like present time, and it came out Oh, that's so cool. Good yeah. for you. Thank Published you. already. Uh, sorry that I said that it wasn't very good. But that's okay. I... I knew it wasn't very good. That's why I had to take it back in time. Oh, okay. Well, also, yeah, you did it in the bathroom, so yeah, it, it does. Like, it feels a bit like a first draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really quick, like, really quick in terms of screenplay writing, really slow in terms of poops. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any say in the casting or? Um, I'm trying to remember. We had, like, a short conversation. But I was really like, oh, I was worried at that point. I was like, oh, jeez, I hope I can turn this back into the future. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to be stuck in 1980. <laughs> but uh, I think, like, the only two names I knew that were around in the 80s were Chevy Chase and uh, Bill Murray. So I think I probably was like, oh, maybe, you mm. know, just give them a, maybe give them a shot, give them a looksy-loo if that, if that strikes you. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I was still kind of surprised that that's what they went with. Hmm. Um, well, I did like that fact. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. And then when you said you were doing it, I was like, this is going to be a pretty funny reveal on the podcast. <laughs> so, so, what did you think of it? What did you think of that movie that you wrote? Yeah, like, I didn't write it to be, like, 
a movie from now. Mm-hmm. I wrote it like it's a it's a first draft which obviously needed a lot of tweaking. But um I was like, I bet if I go back to nineteen eighty They'd be like, this is groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. We need to do it right now. It's, it's smart of you to go back to the area where Chevy Chase was trying not to be an asshole, too. Like, Because also, um, I did, I haven't seen this movie before, but I did read the book that came out about making the movie. Yeah. And one of the things they mentioned in there is that everyone in it was completely sober at this time. Like, everyone was getting sober at the same time. They're like, "What? can we still do comedy? Let's find out. And they made... Caddyshack. They certainly tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite my vision, but... Yeah, I mean, like, that's a, that's always the risk you take when you send a script back in time. Mm-hmm. Is like, obviously, unless you stick around, which I was not willing to do, you really have very little say in who does what and what changes they make. For example, they just weren't ready in the 80s to have a pterodactyl. Which seems silly, yeah. but I was like, this will be your biggest draw. And they're like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I didn't want to argue. I was like, you know what? Run with this. Try your best. We'll see what you come up with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, it honestly turned out okay for what, how it happened. Yeah. I think, I think it, I trust that your vision was probably a bit more thoughtful than what came out, but. Yeah. It was, it's a fun movie. Like I, I think a, the spirit of what you wrote is still there. Yeah, I was a little surprised to hear about Rodney Dangerfield being so misogynist and uh, what's-his-face being so racist, because that was not in the original script. Uh. I did write that um, like they were both kind of assholes, but in different ways, mm. and that's the only that's the only bit of their character I gave, so yeah. they, they ran with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, also, congratulations. Oh, yeah, thank you. Unless it's... I'm, I'm employed now. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> and soon I will have money. So yeah. That's good. That's also, oh, you, sorry. I was going to say, that's why I bought all those books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, congratulations again. This is our 10th episode. What? Yeah. 10? Good for us. Oh, my gosh. Look at Congra- us sticking to something. Yeah, congratulations to you as well. <laughs> Thank oh <my> you. <laughs> Yeah, we're pretty good at doing stuff consistently sometimes. Yeah, we're pretty good at inertia. Yeah. <laughs> you get us in the habit of something, we won't stop. Yeah. <laughs> like The like, chorus podcast. Like those animals that learn something for a commercial, and they yeah. never stop doing that. <laughs> Aw. Or like the cat that keeps pushing a glass off the counter. Yeah. Yeah. That was for a commercial? Um, I don't know, this was just... Uh, Bob's Burgers is an episode where they try to teach Mr. Business how to knock stuff off the counter. Oh, yeah. John Mr. Oliver. Business is such a good name. Yeah. <laughs> you call him by his full name, Mr. Jim Business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have like 10 minutes left. Let's do a quick grape. Okay. Uh, my grape is that a bus driver this morning tried to drive away, even though the bus was a minute early without waiting for me and I, like I know he saw me running for the bus but a whine is that he, I made it in time and he looked pretty inconvenienced that he had had to make eye contact with me long enough to for it to be an obligation that he opens the door yeah bus driver uh, my grape will be that a youngish fellow who decided to run over to the, like, wider uh, gates when we're getting off the train to just budge in front of this woman with a stroller and a baby. Just, just like, I can definitely make it. Well, I don't know if he just assumed he wasn't going to inconvenience her or he just didn't care or what, but she was, like, ready to go through, and he just, like, right before her was like, nope, and, like, barged in. And, like, there were four gates open going the way we were going yeah you and would have had to wait like 20 seconds yeah and two gates open the way she was going only one of which her her stroller could have fit through yeah and like four other people had done the exact same thing to her before this guy but he ran he went out of his way to do yeah. it yeah it was like not necessarily excusable but understandable because there was a line of them and they started before she got there yeah but like by the last or second to last person there, she had already been like, yeah, guys, I'm trying to get through, sort of yeah. thing. 
And then this guy came out of nowhere and ran through. Yeah. Like, no guy. Um, and, and we talked about a lot of the good stuff that happened to me already this week. Oh, I got up early. Oh, I think I probably mentioned as well. I got a, got a lemon fog and a muffin. And that was pretty good. Even though I asked for chocolate zucchini and they gave me some sort of berry one. Disrespectful. Yeah. If you don't hear what I say, just ask me to repeat myself. I'll talk louder. <laughs> Can I share another wine? Yeah. I'm going to Overpeck with Wes tonight. And it's going to be fun. Yay! And it's going to be weird. Good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Yay. Uh, we're, done, we're done then, I guess. I think so. Okay. Should we do the thing? Sure. Bye. Bye.